This morning we read our gospel lessons from chapter 11 of Luke and chapter 19. Hear the word of, Lord, of the Lord as um, we conclude this series on the Lord's Prayer. Hear these words. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And then we turn to Luke 19 and hear these 10 verses. He entered Jericho and was passing through it, and a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was trying to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that your word would be clear to us, that we would hear your good news in what is here, and that um, your grace would be sufficient for us in this time and in this day and in our lives, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We live in a dangerous time in a dangerous world. And when children go out the back door, it's fair to say whenever they have gone out the back door, whether they go out the back door of a cabin or a tent or a lean-to or a home, parents, mothers, and fathers have said, behave yourself and do not forget who you are. Behavior matters. The behavior of other people matters for us. And they affect us. And parents teach their children about how to behave. They teach their children right and wrong, don't they? That's what we have done. Everyone that we remember touching our lives have said to us, behave yourself, do not forget who you are. The first time my mother ever said that to me, I was going out in weather that was clearly this cold, and she pulled my toboggan down over my head, and I thought it was silly. And then I went out and didn't respond, but then I said to her later, I know who I am, I know I'm your son, and I cannot forget that. And she said to me, good, don't forget that, go out there and make me proud. Parents have been saying those kinds of things to their children forever. And so this morning, we are making a connection between what we've been taught and what we experience as human beings. And as we conclude this 
series on the Lord's Prayer, we, we come to this last petition that Jesus teaches his followers, and do not bring us to the time of trial. Now, this last petition of Jesus, the last petition that he prays, is really about temptation and about evil. Someone has, has rightly explained that God does not lead people to temptation, and for that reason, we have changed this and what we just prayed. We've changed it from lead us not into temptation to do not let us fall into temptation. And so we pray then for protection from evil. And so the issues of temptation to do wrong and protection from those who would do us wrong are the focus of our concern today. So we're praying for help with the issues of our lives. We're praying for guidance and we're praying for protection. So let us use these prayers that we pray every Sunday to help us get at Luke's, Luke's prayer. And so first of all, we consider, do not let us fall into temptation. It, it sounds as if temptation is a kind of ravine. It's a kind of valley. It sounds as if we're driving a car along a road with a, a small guardrail. And the guardrail is protecting us so that we don't run off the highway. Do not let us fall into temptation. If we somehow take our hands off the wheels of our lives and crash through, we suffer the consequences of going down a mountainside with trees and rocks and, and who knows what at the bottom. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray and do not bring us to the time of trial. Perhaps Jesus speaks of a time when God's kingdom is about to, to be realized in its entirety. It's, a, it's an end time and a beginning time prayer. Do not bring us to the time of trial. A time when those who long for justice will receive justice. Those who don't ever want to be judged will be judged. And the world will be made right as it was meant to be. Now, there are all kinds of ways that this world experiences the time of trial. One way to steer through the time of trial is to listen for God's voice, to hear God's direction, to receive God's commands. And Moses receives the ten words on Mount Sinai to prepare Israel to going through a wilderness. Sometimes life is a wilderness, and it feels that we are alone. We're not, but it seems like we are. Moses receives these words to guide Israel through the desert and to give them a, a way to live and a way to connect with one another. So God does not leave anyone alone, and Jesus does not leave the disciples alone, and Jesus interprets the Ten Commandments. We, we've already said in this series, Jesus telling his followers, you've heard that it was said of those of ancient times, you shall not murder, but I say to you that if you're angry with your brother or sister, you shall be liable to judgment. Some have said that the, the ten words, the ten commandments in Exodus, the, the words that Jesus explains in the Beatitudes are like channel markers for ocean-going vessels. Those of you who know what it is to, uh, to be in a boat on a water, to be on the intercoastal waterway, to begin to try to figure out how to get 
through a channel and out into an ocean or through a channel and into a harbor, you know that you rely on buoys and markers to make your way. I remember a time when my brother and father and I were making our way across Pamlico Sound from Cedar Island up to Ocracoke. And one of us had a, a chart on our lap, and another had binoculars, and we were looking, straining for those triangular markers that had numbers on them so that they could respond to what was on our chart. And eventually, with nothing on the horizon except water and small markers, we found our way to the channel that leads us to Ocracoke and Silver Lake. And there on the right is a, a red buoy, and there on the left is a green buoy, and those who, who know boats and know water know that the, the idiom you remember is right returning red. So if you keep the buoy on your right side, on your starboard side, and the green buoy on your left, the port side, then you'll be in the channel of water that leads you to safety. If you go outside those markers, you could run aground. The Ten Commandments keep us from running aground in life. And so it's important that we understand when we pray, keep us from the time of trial. Do not let us fall into temptation. God has given us the words of the Ten Commandments and the words of Jesus to keep us from going into the ravines of life. Now, Zacchaeus knew what he was doing as he lived. He knew that he was cheating people. He knew that he was working with the Roman government to collect taxes and to collect more than he should. And so when Jesus comes to his village, for some reason, Zacchaeus wants to see this Jesus. Maybe he's fed up with making all this money and cheating people. And so he climbs up in a sycamore tree. He's small of stature. He's short. He can see above the crowds, and he did not expect Jesus to stop in front of the tree and turn and look at him and say, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I'm coming to your house. He probably could have imagined that people would talk about him and would say, why in the world is the Savior going to Zacchaeus' house? But he does. The reality is Jesus sits down with Zacchaeus' family. And Zacchaeus is so moved that Jesus, whoever he is, someone who represents the very presence of God in word and in deed, this person is present in his life. When you and I think about it, it is the presence of God in your life and my life that enables us to experience God's grace that enables us to realize that the, the things we've been taught by our parents, the words of Scripture, the words of the commandments, the words of Jesus, the words we read in Sunday school and worship, these words are God's guiding us to stay out of the ravines of life, to stay away from the times of trial. Do not let us fall into temptation, we pray, to a Savior who's been tempted in every way as we have. And so he is able to keep us from falling. In, in the book of Jude, just before Revelation in the New Testament, there's a benediction that says, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing, 
to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And so when you and I pray to ask God, do not let us fall into temptation, God reminds us of grace and his presence and all the resources that God makes available to us to keep us near and safe. And our response is needed to invite Jesus into our lives yet again, into our homes, into our relationships, into our families, and to respond to Jesus just as Zacchaeus responded. And so when we come into this worship place and the church gathers to worship God here, Jesus is here. And when we come at the end of every month and hear the word of God and receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, Jesus is here. The presence of God and the presence of the Spirit and the fellowship of the church offers sufficient grace for us to withstand whatever temptation we face. And yet Paul writes to Romans, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so this presents us another part of do not bring us to the time of trial that relates to evil in the world. The malevolence that is in the hearts of and minds of other people. So, so not only do we say and do not lead us do not let us fall into temptation. Secondly, we pray and deliver us from evil. I once heard Walter Brueggemann, the eminent Old Testament professor, say, there is radical evil in this world. He said that at a, at a gathering of, of some students of his studying the Psalms uh, in the parlor at First Presbyterian Church at Durham. And this was back in the early 90s, before we'd heard of ISIS, before there were terrorists who were wanting to fly a plane, planes into the Twin Towers in New York City. And I remember hearing this from him. When I heard it, I shuddered that someone of his stature, of his savvy, of his knowledge of life and the world, there is radical evil in the world. And yet this petition has been in the prayer we have prayed for years, and deliver us from evil. I recently discovered this quote of Gandalf from The Hobbit, who said, I found it is the everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay, <coughs> small acts of kindness and love. And this idea fits the moment, it fits the word, it fits the need, but is it enough? How is it that any of us can be delivered from evil? We are participating in the greatest vehicle for deliverance God provides, the church of Jesus Christ. Its ministries, its fellowship, its worship, its good news are the Spirit's gift to us in the world for delivering us, you and me, from evil. And so this is what Gandalf's words mean. You, you and I were created to do good in this world. Our, our simple acts of kindness matter. So the writer of the Ephesian letter says, For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. In the fellowship of the church, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, we approach one another as bringers of the message of salvation in the fellowship of the church, in the fellowship of our small groups, of friends you and I have in Christ. All of those are vital to represent the Spirit of God working in us. 
and in the worship of this church, we revere God high and lifted up and, and yet near to hands and feet, as St. Augustine would say. Gathering together to worship Almighty God is a powerful way God keeps delivering you and me from evil. Now, maybe when Jesus was with those disciples of his, those uh, 12 disciples, it's easy for anyone to wonder, how is, this, how is this group going to do anything in this world? How is it possible? And yet, uh, Gibbons, the great historian, in writing his history of Western civilization, cites that that gathering of disciples in 200 years changed the Roman Empire to the, the Christian Empire. Constantine, their emperor, chose to accept Christ as Lord. And he had good ideas, but he wanted to baptize everyone and make everyone Christian. You can't do it that way. But in 200 years, those um, fishermen and tax collectors that gathering of disciples, small though they were, changed the world. Literally changed the world. And so we pray, do not let us fall into temptation and deliver us from evil. It's important, I think, that you and I would remember that the theme of Jesus' first sermon was the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of heaven has come near, repent and believe in the good news. We come to the end of this Lord's Prayer, and I think we are reminded that in the church of Jesus Christ and its good news, we have been given a way to be delivered from evil. And so this morning, let us remember as we pray, do not let us fall into temptation and deliver us from evil. Let us remember that ours is the Savior who is with us here and now, and he will deliver us from the time of trial. May we pray this often. May we pray this regularly. And may it be so as God ordains. Let us pray.